All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you by the kind gentlemen at Red Triangle Sports. It's been a little while since we've had the full triumvirate of Red Triangle Sports uh, together. So tonight is a milestone achievement for the 2018 fantasy football season. Um, in studio with me here, Shane Starn. How you doing, Shane? Great, Matt. Great to be here. Yes. Great to be back with Ed as well. Uh, so, yes, obviously, Ed Mitchum from Steel Curtains here. Eddie, how are you? I'm super duper. Super duper, huh? Yes, sir. Coming off with Dub, right? Yeah. All right. Um, we got a trade to discuss tonight. We're going to recap the standings, go over the week six matchups, and, of course, the wagers. But first, everyone's favorite, Shane's got some trivia for us. I do. Um... Looks like we had a big trade go down in the league yesterday involving A.J. Green. Um, Adriel Jeremiah Green. Adriel Jeremiah Green. Right now, A.J. Green is 17th in the league in receiving yards with 409. I'm looking for the 16 guys that have more receiving yards than A.J. Green so far this season. And as yes... As usual, we will go Stump the Schwab style. So you guys can decide who goes first. You want first or me? It doesn't matter. I don't know these. Alright, I'm going to make a quick 1 through 16 here. So we can keep track. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is number 4. He has 519 yards so far. Where was he? What was he? Michael Thomas was fourth. All right. Mike. Hey, Mike. Um, Julio Jones. Julio is third. 564 yards. Hopkins. Hopkins is first. 594 yards. I love all the people referencing Madden talking about that play. Hopkins saying that he tapped the B button twice <laughs> at the end of that play to get the uh, game-winning field goal. That's pretty sick. I think number two is going to be, uh, I got a Thielen. It's Adam Thielen. Hooked on a Thielen is number two, 589 yards. You can do so many fun things with his name. <laughs> is this also a question because none of the Desert Dogs are in the top 16? Don't worry about why this is a question. <laughs> Sick and tired of saying Kamara and Gurley all day. You got, how about you guys rattling off the top four? Usually you guys are bottom barrel. Yeah. Middle of the pack guys. Yeah. Leaving big names out there. It's your turn, Ed. Well, we're... <laughs> you, got, you have like two good receivers on your favorite team. I'm sure you can say one of them. One of the reasons for the question, AB's not even close. He's 26. I'll take Juju. Juju is on the list. He's 7th with 450 yards. AB, only 373 so far. He talked me into that one. I wanted to say Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is on the list. He's 8th, 438. 
<sighs> All right. Um, is this just receivers, not tight ends, right? This is just players in the NFL. Oh. Okay. That doesn't help me at all. Um, just thinking about some teams here. Um, let's go with Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay's on the list. He's 11th, 428 yards. Some big names out there, Ed. Is Diggs on the list? They throw the ball 150 times a game. Diggs is not on the list. He's 19. 402 yards. So he's seven below green. I think Odell's on this list, though. OBJ's number five. 462. Quietly still having a very productive year. For an absolutely shitty squad. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is not on the list. He's 24th. 386. Alright. Is, is Jared Cook on the list? <laughs> he's not. He's 23rd though. 390. So he's he's only 19 yards. I was gonna I was gonna guess his teammate, but he's had one real dumpster game. Um so I'm not gonna say Cooper. Um This is, I feel like this is really bad of us. Tyler Boyd. I was going to say that earlier, but... Uh, Tyler Boyd's 22. Ugh. 393. Is Adams on the list? Adams is on the list. He's tied for 13th at 425. Guys are missing a very big name at number 6. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is number six on this fucking list. With a goose egg. <laughs> with a zero last week, 452. Shane coming out firing with some language tonight, too. So. <laughs> That's why this podcast is ranked explicit on iTunes. That's why we can say things like Phil Lindsay. Stuff we've said about him. Uh, there's got to be a running back on here. Maybe. Well, if there was going to be a running back on it, I think we all know who it would be. He's not on the list. It's not Todd. No, Kamara. It's not Kamara. Receiving yards, buddy. Yeah, I know. Todd is a bunch, too. Yeah. Kamara is the top running back with 351, 29th overall. All right, you guys are kind of stalling here. There is a tight end on the list. Tight end on the list. Kelsey? It is not Kelsey. So it has to be the other one. Ertz. It is Zach Ertz at number eight. Or no, sorry, number nine. 437. 
Kelsey is right behind Green by two yards. 407. Um, John Brown. John Brown's not on the list. He's no. 21, though. You guys are getting all the guys right behind Green. Two big names and then three lesser lesser names. Robbie Anderson had like 400 last week, right? <laughs> <laughs> Still not good enough to crack the top 30 so far this year. Mike Evans had a bye. I don't think he's on there. Um... Trying to think of it. Is there another lion lineup? I don't think so. It's like this is really bad of us. <laughs> Hold on. Riveting, riveting radio. I know, right now. I know. Um Jordan Nelson, probably not on there. I'm just going to go through our teams here. Well, Is that cheating? Who's the team that has been absolutely lighting up the scoreboard so far this year? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is number thir- tied for 13th with Devontae Adams. 425. You guys have basically been right around two of the guys that are on the list and talked yourselves out of them. Golden Tate's number 10. There you go. 431. Amari Cooper? Cooper's not on here, but someone else you said is. He's a teabagger. Evans? Mike Evans is number 12. 426. Hmm. That just leaves 15 and 16. Some tough tough names here. I'm going to put you guys out of your misery. Djax is number 15. That's bad. 424. And... Rounding out the top 16, the third Rams receiver with 400 yards, Robert Woods. Incredible to me, they have three guys with over over 400 yards receiving. Yeah. At this point, that's that's pretty incredible. That makes sense, I guess. They had so many against the Vikings, so. Yeah, I mean, three guys with with over 400 yards at this point through five games. That's impressive. Gotta start looking. Gotta start preparing for this uh, trivia a little better. Um, all right. So the reason for the question, obviously, AJ Green dealt to Butler this morning. Uh, he goes to the Hammer from Team Ice Cream. Uh, ice Cream receives twenty five dollars in draft cash for next season, and they get Alshon Jeffrey in return. Uh, thought it was a great move by Butler to you know it's never too late to sell. So going out and you know two and three, he's got to make a move to get his team a little better. He's got a he's got a tough matchup this week. Um, we'll get into who Butler plays this week later in the show. Um, but I thought it was a good move by him. Thought it might be a little early to pull the trigger for Spears, but um, he gets a startable receiver in return. So Jeffrey should at least still keep him fairly competitive. That division's wide open right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I kind of like it for both sides. I mean, obviously, probably like it for Butler a little better at the moment, just because Green's probably a, a much 
not much better, but a significantly better player than, than Alshon Jeffrey at this point. Um, makes the hammer a little little better, and you can always probably sell if it doesn't work out and the hammer doesn't get back into, into contention. I mean, they're not really out of it right now. Where are they, two and three? So get a couple wins, and you're right back in it. And if it doesn't work out, you can probably you still have a top, top-notch talent that you can sell, sell back. So... Ed, what do you think about the trade? Uh, I was a little early to sell at two and three. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I don't know that it. I mean, Spears, you still get a win this week, and now you have fifty bucks that you can buy with. Um, so I'm really not not disliking it too much from that side either. I mean, you get a win right here, you get to three and three, and then. Hey, maybe now you have fifty dollars to play with. You can go out and buy, buy from someone that maybe sells next week. Yeah, he's still got some. I mean, he's still got some players in Mahomes, Hunt, and McCaffrey that you might be able to get a better keeper by moving some combo of those two guys too. So yeah, I wouldn't say he's necessarily done yet. Um, the other thing I think that's important to discuss this week is I think we could have a heavy uh, waiver wire. Tonight, we have two teams, um, Schur and Papakaz, that need quarterbacks. With Stafford and Breeze on by, they have no backups. Um, so there's a couple good quarterbacks out there this week to grab. Be interested to see where that bidding goes. And with the Saints and Lions on by, uh, those have been two fantasy-friendly teams. So between those buys and the injuries that have been popping up... Um, I think we could see a pretty active waiver wire tonight. Yeah, the buy is starting to hit, especially with the Saints and Lions. I mean, a lot of fantasy studs in those lineups. Um, I think this is probably going to be the most active we've seen it. There's going to be, I, w- I would say, just about everyone's going to be in there bidding on, on someone this week. How big is your Wendell Smallwood bid going to be? <laughs> Unknown at this point. <laughs> but no secret that T-Bag needs a running back on their roster. So. I think we could see that number get pretty high for Smallwood. But we'll see. Uh, you know, you might be able to get Sproles, who's out this week, but you might be able to get him a little cheaper if you want to play the long game. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see see what Smallwood goes for. You know, you got Robbie Anderson coming off a big week. You got a couple sneaky wide receivers. Uh, the kid from Seattle, David Moore. He had a two-touchdown week last week. Um, definitely some uh, some action in terms of flex-ish players for this week. I thought last week was a big one with trying to grab some Colts guys and some Jaguars wide receivers. So um, You also have, if you need tight end help, Cameron Bray going up against Atlanta with O.J. Howard out. Um, and Austin Hooper has been pretty good too so there's a lot of a lot of help out there for teams that need it um for this week shane i know you're always in the market for the tight end position too i have to be watson's on by this week so i don't have a tight end so even if watson was playing you still needed to be in the market so all right let's take a look at the standings um over in the Favre division, we have myself at 5-0, two games up on uh, Eddie at 3-2. and two. 
a trio of two and three teams, Bull, Papa Kaz, and Shane, and the Seawolves bring up the rear at one and four. And then over in the L.A., uh, four and one clan gets their first loss last week. Mad Dogs at three and two. And then four, two, and three teams. Uh, Micah, Schur, or not Micah, Schur, um, Butler, Ty, and Spears. So very tight in the L.A. And we're heading into the crossovers. Um, anything in the standings that stands out to you guys? No, kind of the same as I said last week. Kind of a logjam of mediocrity at the uh, <laughs> the middle to bottom of the league. I mean, I think it's, it's no secret right now that it's kind of the dogs and everyone else. Um, there's maybe a little second tier there. I, I, I guess I'd throw Fegley and, and Ed in right now. And then after that, it's kind of a lot of mediocrity. <laughs> I want to keep an eye on Bowles' team, too. Um we t- touched on his wide receiver core last week in the podcast. If this guy can figure it out at the uh, at the running back position, they're going to be a dangerous team, I think, moving forward. So um, he's got 590 points. He's by far um, allowed the most points in the far division. So it's been fairly unlucky for that team. He scored pretty well, um, but I see things. Turned around for both. Devontae Freeman is going to be a big piece of that. So I'm intru- I'm watching that team specifically in the far division. Seems to be like a typical season for the Weevils so far. Yeah. I mean, they. I feel like they've always scored generally <laughs> decent in, in every season. They always kind of get scored upon. Yeah, always whatever. Top of the league in points against. Can always come into the draft with 225 because you're always selling, so you should always be able to get some uh, <laughs> get some players in the draft. All right, we'll start off with. The week six matchups, um, Abuseman Park against T-Bag. We'll start off with Scherr's team. You guys think uh, Mari Cooper can take advantage of the matchup against the Seahawks? Uh, we've seen Cooper be completely boomer bust. He's had two really huge games and then uh, a couple really disappointing efforts. Um, I, for one, think he can have a nice game against Seattle. With Earl Thomas out, they seem to be pretty susceptible uh, through the air. And I just want to see who's favorite in this matchup. Drew Brees not obviously has an empty spot at QB right now. So, and you have an empty spot at tight end. But right now, we got T-Bag as twelve point favorites. So yeah. So once he gets a quarterback in there, I get that even out. Yeah. I would imagine pretty pretty close line here. Um, projection wise yeah I, 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 I like Cooper's matchup obviously kind of anyone against Seattle at this point um, that defense is hurting a little bit now they're going on the road after a tough divisional game um, I think Cooper should have a should have a solid week this week how do you feel about Cooper Ed what's up uh, Cooper I still think he stinks. You don't like him against Seattle, though? I think John Gruden's a bum. No one wants to see this 1990s offense. He's an asshole. <laughs> Do you like Cooper against Seattle, though? Uh, not if I don't have to. All right. You don't have to. I'm not going to make you do anything. 
Oakland's a dumpster fire. I don't want any part of it. Do you guys think Julio Jones gets his first touchdown this weekend at home against Tampa Bay? Yes. Absolutely do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I've been waiting for that uh, that big Julio game in terms of, you know, like 10 for 200 and a score or two. And I think there's no week like this week for that to happen. Of course, it's going to happen against Shane. Um Keeping with the wide receiver theme of this podcast, give me a Mike Evans stat line prediction. He is on the other side of that game at Atlanta. I'm going to be a little tentative with mine. I think he could be in line for a big game here, but I'm going to go 7 for 95 and a score. I mean, that is a big game, but I'm, I feel like it could be a very big game, too. Yeah. Um, I hate these questions. Eight for 120 and the score. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say eight for 120. I'm going to say no score, though. So lock them in for eight for 120. Uh, Jaguars D. Good matchup against Cowboys this week. Hopefully it will be the last time we see Jason Garrett. Probably not, though, because Jerry's abysmal. Um, They've been disappointing this year for you. You're not really getting your money's worth out of the Jaguars, D. Do you guys think they're over or under 15 points this week? Um, They've only gone over 15 points once this year. Um, I'm going to say under. I mean, basically got to score a touchdown to get over 15. So I'll, I'll go under. I think they're right around 10. I agree. I don't think you can go over without a touchdown. Yeah, you probably need a shutout. Um, and I'm going to say under as well. I think they're going to be pretty chalky in terms of DFS, in terms of using the Jaguars. But uh, the one thing, Dallas, they're going to play conservative. Um I think both teams could try to be on the field for a long time. They both kind of are similar in offense in terms of not trying to take too many risks. So I think with that being said, there's not a lot of opportunity for turnovers. Dak has an ability to kind of escape pressure. So maybe not a ton of sacks there as well. So I I think they're going to have a hard time getting over 15. But I I think that 10-point benchmark is pretty safe for the Jaguars D. Uh, who do you guys have one in this one? Park versus the Go Homers. Take the Park on a close one. Yeah, I think it's going to be very close. I think I'm going to take T-Bags out. Take a pull it out this week. I'm also going to take the Park. I like the uh, like the matchups a little better on that side. A lot of it's going to depend on what he's able to grab in terms of quarterbacks. Uh, the two that I think I like the best this week are Jameis and Darnold. So I think those are the two quarterbacks people are going to be going after on the wire. Who knows? Fegley might need another one, though, too. So. <laughs> Fegley's probably got $20 bids in for both. So. <laughs> uh, next game, the Curtain versus Team Ice Cream. Ed gets the uh, 
first crack at the new look ice cream with no AJ Green. We'll start off with Ed's team. Is the Drake back? Do you guys feel good about Kenyon Drake after his uh, his effort last week? No. Still not there? It's six carries. No. <laughs> no, I'm not backing on Drake either. Um, I think Miami's going to, as we spoke last week, come back to earth here. And just not a lot of confidence in that organization as a whole. <laughs> um, I'm not really, not really high on Drake. Tough matchup this week against Chicago. I, I like Drake long term, but short term... I don't like it this week um, against the Bears. I'm still not sure why this team's giving Frank Gore double-digit carries. Um, so I, I'd like to think maybe this is a Drake game because they should have to throw more maybe. But who knows? It's It's been, you know, they come out and say they want to get Drake 20 touches a game, 20 to 25 touches a game, and I don't think he's had more than 10 since week one, so... Uh, it's a tough spot to be in there. He had 13 last week. Oh, did he? He had six carries and seven catches. Yeah, it's future. That's interesting. Uh, another player on Ed's team. Are, are we confident that David Njoku is trending up? He was a big piece of your, your puzzle, the tight end that you were targeting. Um, <laughs> solving the tight end puzzle by drafting <laughs> David Njoku. Uh, it's trend, he's trended up since Baker's in there. He's kind of been the number two receiver in that offense. How do you feel about Njoku moving forward? I don't know. Better? Not great. Hit a lot of targets last week, but... I don't know. I had too many Browns. That's my take. Yeah, I think you got to be a little encouraged by what he's shown the last couple of weeks. Um, anytime you're getting five, six catches out of your tight end, I think you got to take that. Obviously, hasn't cashed in with any touchdowns yet, but if you can get five, six receptions out of the tight end position, I mean, you take that in the run, I feel like. Yeah, if you don't have Ertz or Kelsey getting five catches, you got to be pretty happy with. So, I think I think it's trending up for him. I, I think it's looking good. Um, I'm slowly turning my back on Antonio Callaway, so I think Njoku's the clear two behind Landry there, um, with maybe even Duke Johnson as a third. But that team definitely seems to want to run the football too with Hyde and uh, Chubb, so I don't think you want to have a ton ton of that passing game right now, and I think Njoku and Landry are probably the two to have. He ranks eighth among tight ends in the last three games in targets. Yeah, he's been he's been good since Baker came in. All right, we'll move over to Troy's team. How many fantasy points do you think Pat Mahomes is going to put up against the Patriots on Sunday night? Um, Showtime, Mahomes. Twenty-eight. It's a pretty good effort. I'm gonna go with nineteen. They don't want twenty. You think what? New England's just gonna give him the run. I you think, think there's gonna be some interceptions. Huh? Hold him back. 
Uh, I think he has a good game. I'm going to put him at 31. I think, uh, think there's going to be some points scored. Kansas City's shown in the past they've been able to put up some pretty good offensive performances against New England. Sunday night footballs are always flying around unless it's a Texans-Cowboys game. So uh, I like, like Mahomes this week. And finally with Troy's team, uh, Corey Clement in the flex spot. They play tomorrow night against the Giants. Do you guys feel like Corey Clement is the running back to own in the Eagles offense? Um, with Ajayi being out, obviously you have Clement. We talked about Smallwood on the waiver wire and potentially Sproles long term, but uh, which one of those three would you like to have rest of the season? I think for now it's Clement. Yeah, I think it's Clement. It's going to be spread so wide. I don't think you want any of them to rely on. I think if there's one you do want, it's Clement, but I'm not really thrilled about any of them. I mean, my squad would take them, but (laughs) I don't think you can be really thrilled about any of them going forward. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I I think I want Sproles long-term. Just the way they used him in week one. Uh, I think if he's out there, I think there's going to be a role for him. And Clement and Smallwood just feel like a hot hand, but Sproles feels like he's going to be the consistent one uh, once he's back and healthy. Who do you guys have winning this game? Uh, Curtain versus Ice Cream right now. Yeah, Ice Cream is 16-point favorites. That will come down a little bit um, once A.J. Green is out of there and Jeffrey's in, so... Who do you guys like in this matchup? It's probably also before I change my lineup too, but no, I, no, I have it in here. Oh, never mind. It's three point nine. You just put Cook in. Sorry. And Matty Ice. Oh, all right. Target that Buccaneers defense. I was going to ask you who you're going to play quarterback, but I feel like that's the question for your team every week. So, Just waiting for someone to come along that needs a quarterback. Number four and number seven on the squad. Number three and number seven. Is that what it is? I'm going to take ice cream in a close one. <laughs> that might be the dumbest effort all day. I think it's going to be real close, and I think ice cream gets it done. I'm going to take Ed. I'm guessing Ed's going to also take Ed. Franchise versus the Weevils. Tie versus Bowl. We'll start off with Ty's team. Chris Carson, back-to-back 100-yard games and games that he's played. Is he the best Seahawk to own in fantasy? Not just at the running back position. Um, overall, is he the best Seahawk? Would you have him over the likes of Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin right now? Yes. Yes, I think he is. At the moment. Does that pain you to say that? It hurts a little bit, but I know a player when I see one, <laughs> and Chris Carson's a player. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Carson is the best Seahawk down as well. That's why I asked the question. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's still obviously a good quarterback, but you know they've just really struggled to get that passing game going. They've seen in the last couple of weeks to show, to show a new commitment to the run game. Um so I like Carson. I like Carson this week. 
I think he's the guy to own in that offense. Goodbye by Ty in the draft. Um, if Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks don't play, they both didn't practice. Uh, both still questionable with concussion. I don't think they've cleared the protocol yet. Um, if those guys are out there, would you guys consider Robert Woods a top five wide receiver play against the Broncos? Yeah, sure. Top five wide receiver play? Yeah. Uh, no. No? I don't think I'd go that high. Uh, you say top five? No. Yeah, I don't think I'd go that high either. Maybe, maybe sneaking into the wide receiver one tier, but I don't know that I'd go top five. You're telling me if Cooks and Cup don't play, you don't think Woods is top five? I mean, we're talking, what, ten plus targets? Maybe, but I think that those two guys being out kind of hurts his value maybe a little bit as well. Just the fact that weakens that offense a little bit. And I don't know that he bodes well as a number one guy. That's fair. Um, I'm going to say he is top five. I think you'd have to play him. Not only is he getting targets, he's also getting jet sweep plays. So I think he had a 50-yard run last week. So whenever you can sneak in some points that way too, it's always helpful. So definitely lighten him up if uh, if those guys are out. I expect at least one of them to play. I think Cup will probably play. Uh, Cooks, little known, little discussed topic. Second concussion in nine months. Uh, obviously, he got his belt on in the Super Bowl as well, so he's not a big guy to begin with. Um, definitely don't like seeing players like him get multiple concussions. Uh, for Bulls team, will Adam Thielen go over 100 yards again? I guess the difficulty with this is he might get some Patrick Peterson um, on Sunday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who Peterson's lined up against, whether it's going to be Thielen or Diggs. Um, I guess it's going to be Thielen, but I don't know. I don't think Peterson. I don't think yeah, Patrick. I don't think Peterson travels anymore either. So I think he kind of stays on the side. So I think they might be able to pick and choose who they see against him too. I don't. I feel like that's a thing. Yeah. To answer your question. Yeah. Sure. He goes over hundred. Mm. I'm gonna go no. Just are you worried about game game flow? Are you worried about Peterson? What what leads you to the no? I'm just curious. Uh, I think the game flow is gonna be ugly. I think they're gonna finally see an opportunity to run the ball because they haven't been able to. Um. Feels like a matchup in which they could maybe get that offensive line feeling good about themselves. So why not run it thirty times and try to springboard them into the rest of the season? Because that offensive line is not very good. Yeah, I, I agree. That's been that. That's a good point. Um, probably a little bit of hopefulness in there for you too, with having a lot of, that backfield. So a lot. <laughs> so completely skewed view of things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say there's no reason not to say Thielen won't go over 100 again. This dude, I, I got to admit. He's a freak. I, yeah, I was really wrong about this. Um, I thought that this was going to be a Diggs breakout season, and instead we're seeing, seeing Thielen vault himself uh, way up the wide receiver rankings. Just a really cool story with him, too. Um, 
you know, undrafted. I think he played Division Two football. So it's good to see a guy that just has pretty much outworked everyone to get where he is. Uh, you got to appreciate the Adam Thielen story. I think it's hard to find someone that doesn't like him, I think. so. Once upon a time, the Steel Curtain could have kept the number one and number four receivers in the league. Yeah. But he won that deal for McCoy, so. That really, that really bites at you, doesn't it? It does. Question for you, though. I mean, this is a total hypothetical, but you all offseason beat the running back drum saying you had to have one. Um, it was the reason why you didn't feel comfortable starting Ertz and Thomas and you went out and got Dal Cook. Um, would you have felt the same if you had Thielen come into this offseason? Do you think you would have kept both of them or would you have gone through the same progression that you went through this offseason? Um, I don't know. I feel like I could have kept them both. It would have been, what, like a total of $17 on two guys? Yeah, Thielen would have been five. Yeah. So, I think I could have threw my hat in the ring for the Saquon Barkley's of the world at that point. You would have you would have been bidding on Barkley. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I I think that would have been a great start, but I I don't. It doesn't change the fact that when you traded Thielen last year, that he wasn't this Adam Thielen. So I I don't think you can knock what you did. It's just unfortunate when it turns out that way. It's like me dropping David Johnson a couple of years ago, um, right before he became the full-time guy in Arizona. So, uh, Other question for Bulls team. Are, you, are we concerned about Devontae Freeman rest of season? Saw some reports last week that it's going to be a 40-40-20 split between Freeman, Coleman, and Ito Smith. I don't, don't know if that's the way they're going to play it the rest of the season. But then today, Devontae Freeman popped up on the injury report again, kind of out of nowhere. So, uh, for a guy that's been super consistent at a good price in our league, I think there's reason to be concerned. Do you guys agree? I think there's a lot of reason to be concerned. I think they stick to that 40-40-20, and I think the Edo Smith 20% and the Tevin Coleman 40% shift to each other later in the season. Yeah, I'm kind of concerned almost career-wise for this guy. We've touched on how he's not a very big dude. Um, injuries are starting to pile up. I mean, I, I, I'm concerned this season and moving forward in his career, I feel like this could be a really really short career. Um, kind of burn bright, die quick. Yeah. He has all the, all the red flags that short-term, like you said, burn bright running backs have. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't get another contract in the league if if he plays out this one in Atlanta and we don't see much of him anymore. You know a little more about Freeman. Obviously, you watched him at Florida State for a couple seasons, but uh, you know Coleman was always the the higher pedigree back. They made the financial commitment to Freeman, but this Edo Smith stuff's a little scary too. I mean, that that kid's a player. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think this is Coleman's contract year. So I think that's why the that's why I said I think he gets to forty percent of the carries later in the year. They try to gear him up to be the Tevin Coleman moving forward. It is a Coleman contract year, correct? And um, I see no reason to believe that Atlanta will make any kind of commitment to Coleman because they've already, like I said, they've already made that 
uh, commitment to Freeman, and teams just don't invest, you know, thirty million dollars in the running back position. There's no reason to in today's NFL. Who wins this one? Franchise versus Weevils. Two teams on the upswing. Uh, should be a pretty good matchup. I didn't get us a favorite. Let me do that right now. Um, we got the franchise as 19 point favorites, but we do have a empty buy spot for the Weevils that probably will be filled tonight. So. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to take the franchise. Take the franchise, too. I just don't like the running back situation of the Weevils. Um, I'm going to also take the franchise. But I think this is a super tight matchup, and I think it's also a pretty high-scoring one. Uh, speaking of the franchise... Do you care to divulge at all? <laughs> I do not. That's no? between me and Ty. Okay. I know you reached out to a couple teams about the quarterback position, so um, wasn't sure. I, I assume you wanted Rodgers or Watson from you. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's weird the guy with the number three and seven quarterbacks hasn't heard. You probably lost your phone. New phone. Who dis? <laughs> I mean, if you're into trading for, like, number 9 and 15, by all means, go for it. 10 and 11 on my squad. Interesting, though. I mean, it makes sense. I think Alex Smith is fine. It's hard to trade for quarterback, but um, I don't know. If, I'm going to guess he was trying to move one of his tight ends for one of the quarterbacks. I don't know what he was trying to do, Matt. Okay. It's a, a tightrope you got to walk here. I can't give you guys information, especially you. I have no reason to be involved in that conversation. So I, Everything like Kaz already doesn't know. I don't know. The biggest fence rider in the league. He has to have his ear and everything. <laughs> Everyone texts Kaz to see what he thinks about a trade before they... No, it's that. just funny. Like, <laughs> it's funny because two people texted me, you and the Spears texted me, like, whose number is this? <laughs> And I immediately know that he has no reason to text you guys other than... <laughs> and then once I realized... I had no reason why he was texting you. You wouldn't give me anything. And then Spears... It may start to come together. Like, you guys both have two quarterbacks. So, Alex must have been disappointing. Both worse than my two quarterbacks. But... <laughs> you have his number, though, right? Hey, is a new one? No, no, like, you have his number, so once I told you he was reaching out to these guys, like, you could have obviously texted him, right? Yeah. Okay. I just I was, don't I think you to, I don't think you have a valid reason to gripe. I wasn't really trying to throw you under the bus that you're divulging information to everyone, but you did that to yourself, so. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm doing that, so it's not <laughs> <laughs> You're going to ruin your own safe space. I'm good, man. I'm fine. Alright, uh, next matchup. Clan versus Wolves. See how Kaz tried to dodge out of, <laughs> dodge out yeah. of trouble there? Cool Just realized he ruined his own panic room. Fegley versus Phil. I love seeing the Sea Wolves at 1-4. and four. Feels real good. I yeah. hate being the one. Uh, yeah, you are the one. 
That's all right. He admitted that he had no business beating you. He tried to say on the podcast he genuinely felt bad about winning that game, but <laughs> we all know about that. Um, he doesn't actually feel that way. You should. Right now, uh, the, right now the clan fourteen point favorites. Um, another team with good wide receivers. I'm asking you guys to rank these five wide receivers rest of season. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones Jr. Wow. I think I'm going to go... Number one is going to remain Tyreek Hill for me. Go Hill, Diggs, Boyd, Ridley, MJJ. I'll go Hill, Diggs, Boyd, Jones, Ridley. I think it's safe to call Calvin Ridley touchdown dependent at this point. I would go Hill, Diggs, Jones, Boyd, Ridley. You like Jones? Or you don't, uh, are you like? Are you just like him better than Boyd? I just like him better than Boyd. I think some animosity towards Boyd in my own right. Because you were a year early on him, two years early on him. Two. All right. Next question for the clan: Do you guys think we can count on Isaiah Crowell moving forward? Uh, he's got five touchdowns. Uh, two really big games, 10 for 102 against the Lions, 15 for 219 against Denver. Um, two multi-touchdown games, but then you also throw in games like against the Jaguars when he went four carries for zero yards um, and one catch for three yards. So Crowell's been the epitome of boom or bust. But those boom games have him ranked eighth at the running back position right now. So how would you guys feel if you were an Isaiah Crowell owner? Shame if I love it. I mean, I absolutely want to have him on my squad. Um, he's beaten up on the teams, on the two defenses that, that have been the worst D's that he's played. Um, so it seems when he, when he gets a good matchup, they, they take advantage and give him the rock. Um, a couple good defenses... I mean, obviously playing the Jaguars, tough game. Jaguars defense pretty good. Um, I think he's going to struggle against the better teams just based on Darnold still being a rookie quarterback and is probably going to struggle as well in those games. Um, obviously, I mean, common sense thing. I mean, when they play defenses that are that are good, Darnold's going to struggle. whole team's probably going to struggle even more. Um, but I, I think I've... You're going to see much of the same out of Crowell the rest of the year. Uh, I think this pattern is going to continue. Flex play or running back play? What do you think? Um, probably still an RB2 play. I agree. The good news is there's one or two good defense on the rest of his schedule. Yeah, I think Maybe. his schedule looks pretty favorable. He's got New England twice. I mean... One of, which we, one of which we won't care about because it's in week 17. Yeah, that's true. But Colts, 
one that sticks out for me is the 12 for 35 against the Dolphins. I mean, that was supposed to be one of the worst rush defenses ever. I think they've been a lot better than predicted, though, because I've kind of targeted them in daily, and it hasn't panned out, so maybe they're better than we thought. That was a weird game. Um, Drake had 11 carries in that game, so that was weird in itself. Uh, Darnold threw two picks. It was a 20-12 to 12 Dolphins win. Um, and I want to say... Well, actually, it was 20 nothing at halftime, and the Jets scored 12 points in the second half. Um, so they ended up throwing the ball 41 times. So, yes, the Dolphins have been susceptible um, against the run, but I think that may have just been a blip on the radar there. Uh, move over to Phil's team. In his flex two spot right now is Albert Wilson. He actually ended up taking Tyler Lockett out of the lineup last week and putting Wilson in there. Lockett ended up having a big game. Uh, but Albert Wilson's been getting a little bit of buzz lately. I've seen him in a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guys have touted him as a DFS play this week. And I, I'm not personally seeing it. I don't. I thought there would be guys down in that Miami pass offense. I never thought it would be Wilson. I still don't really think it's Wilson. Um, how do you guys feel about about Albert Wilson? Not in this week. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Chicago defense is really good. Um, so I'm out this week. Kind of an intriguing flex play for me going forward after this week, I think, though. Um, I think he might actually be the guy in Miami. I just see nothing in his game logs that like leads me to believe we should have any interest in him. I mean, he had a big game against uh, Oakland. He caught two for 74 and a touchdown. I think he ran for a touchdown as well, but we're talking three catches, three catches, two catches, four catches, five catches. And I think like he's not even running a ton of routes. Like I, I don't see I don't see it at all. I'm with you. I dropped stills. I don't want any part of it. I thought Amendola would be a thing. Um that it's just it's a really weird team. Like yeah, Wilson, Amendola, Stills, Devontae Parker when he's healthy. Um, Gesicki, Drake, Gore, like it's just a bunch of average dudes at all positions. You can say it's a bad, it's a, it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even name the most explosive player on that team either. Ballage? Jakeem Grant. Oh, yeah. Forgot about him too. Like, there's just too like, many. Like, he's saying he gets three, three less catches of Ethan Albert Wilson, but at least he has a chance to take one under the house because he's a great, great athlete. Yeah. I love how. Two weeks ago, people were like, oh, this Miami team is so fast. They're going to get New England fits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of New England, James White, RB7. Um, another good effort last week. 18.7 on two carries. I mean, just the, the value that this guy is able to provide from the running back position without getting carries is incredible. Do you guys feel like he's the running back to own in New England? Um, or would you guys lean more towards uh, Sony Michelle? I know Ed, you've been the guy on the podcast that says you want no parts of New England, but I feel like with Burkhead out, 
Um, you can be pretty comfortable in having Michelle and White in your lineup, but I'm just wondering which one you guys like better. Yeah, the injuries kind of cleaned this up. It kind of pisses me off. Like, James White wasn't a good pick. And it's panning out so nicely. I don't care what anyone says. That backfield was going to be so muddy before the, the injury bug came and took everybody down and some guys are coming back. I'd rather have Michelle. Um, but you're right, you can play both of them now. Yeah, I like both going forward. I was I was in on White going into the season. Um, I thought he was going to be the, the guy you wanted to have. Um, but going forward, it's going for me, it's going to depend on who they're playing. I think if they're playing a team that's better, you're going to want White. Mm-hmm. If they're playing a team that's not very good, you're going to want Michelle. Uh, White's the guy when they get in tight games against good teams where he's going to catch seven, eight, ten passes. Um, check down funny. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's the guy that when they play against the, the top teams in the league that you're going to want to have. Michelle, if they play some bottom teams, can do some work. White, White has one thing that, you know, a lot, a lot of players in New England never get or don't have, and that's the complete trust of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yep. Uh, he almost has that. He's almost like Kevin Falk. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Kevin Falk wasn't necessarily a great running back by any means, but he was a good football player. And um, with that being said, I, I think White's probably, I, I agree with you, Shane, spot on. And to your point, Ed, I know you don't listen to the pod when you're not on it, but Phil did mention that he probably did whiff on the White pick. Uh, that it was going to be a Burkhead, you know, as the lead guy, and the injury really made that pick turn out to be what it was. So he uh, did agree with you in that sense. But yeah, I mean, you're never excited about drafting a guy like James White, um, but there is some value there to be to be had. Who do you guys have winning this one? I think this is a, a pretty easy one. I think we're going to see the Wolves get to 1-5. Agreed. I'm going to go with the clean. Clean sweep. We all take Fegley and anticipate the uh, the messages that Phil's selling next week, maybe. Which, if you look at that squad, I mean, obviously you think someone's probably going to take a shot on Lev Bell, um, maybe Josh Gordon, depending on what he does. But after that, I don't see a lot. Unless he's willing to walk away from, well, James White, I guess, too. I don't see him walking away from Juju or Connor. No. So, be interested to see what, what he does in that sense. All right, Papa Kaz versus the Mad Dogs. This is a big matchup. Papa Kaz does not want to get to 2-4. and four. Um, Micah, with a win, could get to four and two and really put himself in a good playoff position over in the LA division. So this is a big one. Um, we'll start off with Papa Kaz's team. Your favorite types of questions here, Ed. Give me a Jimmy Graham stat line prediction against the Niners on Monday night. Seventy-five. Pretty good game. Eleven points. I'm 
going to go with 6 for 82 and a touchdown. I'll go uh, 4 for 45 and a score. Um, not, I, I just don't know how... I don't know who's going to be healthy for Green Bay. Getting the extra day on Monday helps. Um, but if Allison and Cobb play, which I don't even know which way it's leaning, um, I think this Valdez-Scantling guy is going to be in there too now. So I think they're starting to get a little crowded in that Green Bay offense. Whereas at the beginning of the year, I thought it was pretty clear it was going to be Adams and Graham, and now it seems like there's been some guys emerging. Um, in this matchup, by the way, Papa Kaz right now, 12.5 point dogs, um, but no quarterback in this lineup. So I'd imagine Papa Kaz will be favored um, by the time these matchups are settled. Another question for Papa Kaz's team T.Y. Hilton right now, doubtful. Didn't practice again. It's not looking good for him to play on Sunday. Uh, last week, he replaced T.Y. Hilton with Ryan Grant. Got a couple garbage catches to get him to about eight points or so. Uh, would you guys, if you were Papa Cos, be confident in starting Ryan Grant if T.Y. Hilton's out? No, because he should have got Chester Rogers last week. Yeah, I think Rogers is the guy I'd rather have than Grant. I spoke about that last week. Um, it seems to be more of a... They're both kind of getting the targets, but Rogers seems to have a little more depth to his targets. Yeah, Rodgers is a little more dynamic, whereas Grant's just like a possession guy. I, for one, am hoping Hilton and Doyle are out because I'm the Ebron guy. So, And uh, got made fun of for playing Ebron on the podcast last week. That was some sweet justice. Uh, moving over to the Mad Dogs. I'm going to give you guys a hot take here. I don't think there's any difference as a player between Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara. You guys agree with that statement? Uh, I'm fine with it. I told you weeks ago I thought it was better than Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Do you still stand by that? Yeah. He's 75 times more explosive. Let him catch the ball 12 times a game instead of Melvin Gordon. I don't know that I'm ready to go that far yet, but I push pretty good. But he's not Kamar. <laughs> I just, I, I think if you put anyone in a, with that Kamara Eckler skill set in the New Orleans offense and let them use them the way Sean Payton does, I mean, look what Eckler does in this, whatever the Chargers offense is this. Playground, backyard football, Rivers is drawn up on his hand, the routes for people to run. You put them in a good offense, and I think you get that kind of production from a lot of players. So, I like Eckler a lot. I think that was a, that was a good move by, by Micah. Um, right now, Demarius Thomas is on his bench in favor of D.D. Westbrook. Uh, you guys agree with that? I know we've talked about Demarius a lot, but he's been okay. Um, disappointing and not obviously Demarius Thomas, but I don't think I'd sit him for D.D. Westbrook in this matchup. 
No. The Rams' defense is underwhelming. They'll be down by 100. You play the shit out of them. <laughs> Hot takes. <laughs> uh, no, you got to have Demarius in there. <laughs> you get just potential. You got to just for the potential. You got to have him in there. How long do they let this Case Keenum thing go in Denver? Man, they whipped, huh? Yeah. They whipped pretty bad. Hopefully they let it go until he makes his first mortgage since this is the first house he bought in the city. Oh, did he? I didn't even see that. Yeah, he felt good about it. What an asshole. <laughs> I saw somebody, I, I can't give credit to who it was because I don't remember who it was, but obviously a lot of people bash John Elway. They think he's an egotistical person running that organization. Um, and their hot take was that after Peyton won a Super Bowl for Denver, Elway hated seeing the town love someone as much as him that he vowed to never have a good quarterback on that <laughs> team ever again. <laughs> so I just thought that was. Uh, Wait, you're telling me that John Elway is egotistical? No, <laughs> way. no way. No way. I thought that was uh, some good comedy. Who uh, who wins this this big matchup in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? And I guess do you guys agree that it's as big of a matchup as I'm making it out to be? No, it definitely is a big matchup. Um, swings the pendulum here. Either both are going to be three and three, or Mick's going to be in a good spot four and two, and Papa Kaz is going to be on the outside looking in. Um, that being said, no bigger fan than the Pats. <laughs> And Patriots are going to get the dub. Uh, I'm going to go with the Mad Dogs. The doubtful Hilton streaming a quarterback. Trusting Alfred Morris. Thinking that Sean McCoy is going to do it again. I don't know. It feels like there's a lot of holes to that. Yeah, there's some big variables on the Papakaz side. Um, Cooper Cup and T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, their status being in question is big. Cup doesn't even have a designation on the injury report. What's that about? I'm not sure. I know he didn't practice today, but I'm not sure why there's nothing next to his name. So, Hmm. Um but I'm going to take Papa Kaz. I think this is the Jordan Howard breakout game here. <laughs> uh, so I think Jordan Howard leads Papa Kaz to a victory in uh, week six. And the... Mar- Only if three Cohen wears Howard's jersey. Does that happen? <laughs> the marquee matchup. Hey, your boy Jeff Manns was riding hard for Jordan Howard today. So... Um, the marquee matchup of the week... Dogs versus Hammer. I spoke with Butler before we got on air. Uh, Butler, I said, I know you're making these moves just so you can be the one to end the streak this week. Oh, there it is. <laughs> we had a whole podcast and talk about the streak. <laughs> I knew we couldn't make it. Here it is. Um, yes, I have rattled off 15 straight now. Essentially a perfect season of, of fantasy football. Um, but I said, now I know you want to be the one to end the streak. And he said the thing that's more important to him is keeping alive his postseason streak. He's made the playoffs all three years. Uh, he's looking to make it a fourth, two in a row uh, on the on the winning side for the Hammer. The best thing that happened to this team is Leonard Fournette being out for an extended period of time. But uh, 
you have to say that this has to be the marquee matchup this week with adding AJ Green. So we'll start off with my team. Um, how long do you guys think the aforementioned Eric Ebron can keep this up for the Colts? Uh, he's been a great, great find for me on the waiver wire. Forever. Just a one word out of you. Told you early in the season, like I think before you even owned him, that he was going to be their slot receiver. I think that holds true. He's also their number one red zone target. Yeah, I'm still on Ebron, especially if Hilton's banged up. Um, as long as Hilton's not full strength and not the eating up a lot of those targets, Ebron's definitely a, a play every week. They're also like t- I heard something, but they're like. I think they're number one in pass attempts in the league by, like, a decent margin over the Vikings. Yeah, Luck's been throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, like, so, I mean, Ebron's going to be really good or his shoulder's going to fall off. (laughs) I think Ebron's good money, too. Um, I obviously put Gronk on the market with an email to Crickets yesterday. Um, So, I'm not... Necessarily displeased with Gronk. That's going to be the next question. I thought we talked about Gronk next, but uh, everyone just knows the haul you're going to want for that. <laughs> it's not necessarily a haul. I don't know. I don't know that that's the case. I think that we might be seeing a little pushback from the league right now. Um, no one's signing up to take date rape drugs at a party. Yeah, I think we're seeing. I think we're seeing a little pushback from the league. Maybe uh, everyone getting a little tired of. Uh, the dogs being on top here for so long. Um, finally getting smart. Finally being like, you know what, I'm not going to give you my two best players for one of your bench players. Um, not going to let you run away with things. So everyone just sees your, your trade offers and says no thanks. All right, well, <laughs> my, my question about Gronk is, he's the number six tight end. It feels underwhelming. Uh, nine and a half points per game so far. Do you guys feel like I'm getting what I paid for with Rob Gronkowski right now? Mm. No. Clearly not. I mean, obviously, you draft a guy like Gronk, you're expecting to have top one, two tight end in the league. And he hasn't been that yet, but I think it's on the way. Then why won't you make me an offer for him? Because I'm not giving you any of my good players. You have enough. Yeah, but I would give him back to you, so I would lose a good player. It would just be exchanging good players. She only has two to offer. I only have two good players? Yeah. Depends how you feel about Cooks. And yeah. if, you, if you're if you into trading quarterbacks. And if you think that he's going to regain consciousness before the end of the season. I think you have five good players. I think you have Watson... Rodgers, Cooks, Evans, and Brown. Oh, yeah. I didn't count Watson and Rodgers because both my quarterbacks are better. So. You guys keep, keep sleeping on Julian Edelman. Go ahead. I'm just not in on that, man. I mean, he looked good, but I don't know. He's, he's okay. He's, he's a wide receiver, too. Flex one guy. He's not bad, but, like, for this team, with having Cooks... Evans and Brown, you would have been much better served investing in the running back position. 
Dump. Or, you know, keeping Edelman and maybe turning Cooks into a running back or something. So, uh, Alright, Butler's team. You guys think TJ Yeldon's going to be one of the buys of the draft that we remember when we look back on the 2018 season? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Spoke to the owner of the Hammer this evening, and he said the best thing he did was draft TJ Yeldon. So, um, so yeah. Um, clearly working out really well for the Hammer so far to have him on the squad and probably looking like it's going to get even better. Better buy in the draft, getting yelled in for the price that Butler got him for and what he's meant to this team, or Mahomes for a dollar? Yeldon. Yeldon. Really? Okay. I just think not having Yeldon leaves a way bigger hole in his lineup than what could be filled with another quarterback. Yeah, this team's bad uh, without, without Yeldon. Yeah, you're talking about losing a first rounder and trying to fill it with waiver wire scrap if you don't handcuff them. Uh, right now, dogs twelve and a half point favorites. Uh, I think once AJ Green comes on the squad, it's going to be more like five or so. I think Green's projected for like fifteen, and I think Kev said it was two. I got Green projected for like fifteen, and Jeffrey projected for ten. Okay. Um, uh, one more question for Butler's team. Give me a point total on terrific Tommy Sunday night against the Chiefs. Ooh, I wonder if Butler will hold on to the Chiefs D, too. Man, that's a tough one for him. He hates having both sides of that game. 30. Big one for check down Tommy. They don't make projections high enough for situations like this. Oh, my God. Um, Tom Brady at home, prime time, against a poor defense. I'm going to go 35. I'm going to say 28. One less touchdown than you think he's going to have. All right. Give it to me, guys. Go ahead and uh, pick Butler. Who do you guys got winning this one? I do like Butler. I'm take the dogs. There's no reason not to. They're better. <laughs> this is uh, this is the week to get me. I definitely feel vulnerable in this matchup. Uh, no Kamara, no Ingram. A couple banged up players. I don't even know if Adrian Peterson's going to play. Even if he does play, I don't know if I want to play him. Um, but... With that being said, I still feel like there's no reason not to pick the dogs. I'd be a I'd be a liar if I didn't pick myself. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. But I'm just gonna go on the record saying that I think this is the week this streak ends potentially. So Yeah. I mean if there's gonna be one, Butler's got some good matchups this week. Yeah. And you're obviously down Kamara and have have some weird some I feel like you have some weird matchups, some tough ones that you could see some uh lower than usual point totals out of some of your big guys. So, but I'm still going to take the dogs. They're still better. Got Gurley still on the squad. Didn't need another Herculean effort from Gurley this week. Um, 
especially with Ed letting me know tonight that Minnesota's going to commit to the run and toed it 35 times this week. All right, Shane, I'm guessing you still haven't figured out the wagers, so. I have not. All right, that's fine. Ed's got a couple in there, though. Uh, no bid, no bets for Eddie last week. So Ed's still sitting with a cool 400 in his uh, in his pocket, 400 kernels. Uh, last week, I lose the Matt Ryan bet, lose 58 kernels on that, lose 50 on the Julio yardage total. But my boy Todd came through at 6-1 to one odds, getting me three rushing touchdowns. So I did improve my kernel stack by 192, sitting at 592 right now. Um, this week in week six, I'm going to go with Mike Evans over 109 yards. I'm going to put 100 kernels on that to win 115. I think Chris Carson gets in the end zone. Just a small wager on that, 20 to win 25. And Andrew Luck over 331 passing yards. I'm going to put 50 on that to win 59. I thought this was tough. Wasn't a lot out there. Did you see the asinine passing yard numbers for the Bucks Falcons game? No, I didn't. To get into the plus bids, whatever you call that, you would need 345 or more yards for plus 117 for Winston. I feel like this site is not like good. <laughs> you would need 360 plus for a plus 116 bet <laughs> for Ryan. Yeah. I, Past touchdowns, I, you can't even get Matt Ryan for less than four plus. Yeah, I think. <laughs> what? It's not even on the board. Yeah. Minimum see, bet for passing touchdowns is four plus for Matt Ryan. This site's got to be raking in money on people. <laughs> um, I think Gurley. I think I told Shane Gurley to score a touchdown was like minus four twenty five. You had to bet four twenty five <laughs> to win a hundred. Yeah, there's some. Some stuff out there. So it's just like as we continue to get better and conquer this site, it's just going to be really impressive on our end. That's all I'm hearing. Um, nowhere near. All right, I took Mixon eighty-seven plus, a hundred to win one twenty-three. Yeldon eighty-five plus, rushing yards a hundred to win one seventy-five, and a little Thursday night special. Beckham two plus touchdowns, fifty to win two fifty. Curls. Will Beckham lift his leg and pee in the end zone? He's going to be pissing on something because Jalen Mills ain't stopping that man tomorrow night. Yeah, you got to feel good about that one. Um, Eli seems to have the Eagles number. They always seem to play him tough, so definitely looking forward to that game tomorrow night. Should be a, should be a good Thursday night football watch. Uh, Thursday night games are getting a little better. They actually have some decent matchups this year so far, so... Uh, any two for one specials? Are you still doing that pick six thing? Uh, someone won last week, so I think I'm done. Really? I can't get close. Shane, anything that you like in terms of uh, Vegas action this week? I haven't really looked at it, so so no. That's fair. That's fine. All right. Anything else uh, for week six in the Sons of Fantasy Football League? Other than being excited about crossover matchups. 
trade deadline's coming soon, right? Yes, the trade deadline will be after week eight. So the Wednesday before week nine will be the uh, the trade deadline. We're, I guess, what, so three weeks from today? So it'll be nut-cutting time soon, huh? <laughs> Let's get her done. Yeah, I I don't see uh, I don't see a whole lot changing in terms of some guys are gonna have some tough decisions to make. I think this deadline's gonna do exactly what we wanted it to. Um, it's a lot of bottlenecks, people. You're gonna have a decision to make this week if you lose. Yeah, this week is. I mean, I know I I, I harp on it every week saying exciting is a big week, but with all the teams that are bunched up at two and three. Um, the teams that come out on top this week and the teams that come out on behind, I mean, teams that lose are really going to have some tough decisions on whether or not they're in or not. Probably have one yeah. more week to, to decide. And, and the teams that win are going to be one game up and the teams that lose are going to be one game behind. Pretty wild. It is, isn't it? Sitting at two and four, trying to make a decision whether or not you can get to at least seven and six. I think you're right that I think teams that are like still mathematically in the hunt are gonna have tough decisions. I think we are gonna accomplish what we wanted. Where I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, if I had to sit sitting here today, I don't think we're gonna have six sellers and six buyers. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like someone's gonna hold that's still in the hunt and make like at least a seventh team that holds. Whereas every other year it's been six and six. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of forced me to look at my team and think of different ways where I may need to add to it. I mean, I'm tossing around the idea in my mind of getting myself comfortable with maybe parting with Kamara to acquire some higher level, you know, loaded guns. So it's not something I want to do, but you know, it's you have to you have to make offers that stand out in this market because you're gonna have guys that tie you and obviously like Shane said no one's just gonna accept my offer when there's similar ones on the table so um starting to try to think about more creative ways to make moves potentially what's up no I thought you were making a comment at me so I was picking my nose I picked a winner for me I stopped listening after you said you were thinking about trading Kamara because I knew everything you were spouting was complete and utter bullshit. So. What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. What? Wrap this thing up. I don't need any more of your nonsensical what lies. What are you talking about? Why wouldn't I trade Kamara? Because you're dying for people to just start trade conversations with you on Kamara so you can just veer them right off the road. <laughs> Scream a Doyle rules, shove them in a trash can and take their whole team. <laughs> that's not true at all. That's ridiculous. I mean, I'm so proud of everyone in this league right now that no one's no one's trading with us. <laughs> I've never been more proud of ten other guys in my life. Just just, just standing pat, saying no way, not this year. <laughs> if I really wanted to last night, I could have had AJ Green. So there's still smart people in this league that are going to take the best offer and not, you know. Well. <laughs> Chill, because the best offer wasn't taken for that. Why? Because <laughs> I made it. You asked for an additional player. He could have. He could have even came off of that and said, "What about twenty-five for Manny Sanders?" You, Manny Sanders, isn't better than Ashwan Jeffrey. Come on. <laughs> Come on. 
Not when you already own all the Eagles. I mean, you just he wants to add to that. He's got Corey Clement. He's got the Eagle defense. We all know that Troy's incapable of owning anyone outside of the Chiefs, Panthers, and Eagles. So those are his squads. Thanks for reassuring me that I'm is better. Appreciate it. All right. With that being said, it's the end of the Week 6 podcast. Uh, power rankings will be out on top of the podcast. You can expect to find the dogs at the top of the, pod, at the, top of the power rankings. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Shane and Eddie for joining me to discuss Week 6. Good luck to everyone except for Butler, and we'll be back next week to recap Week 6 and talk about Week 7.